0: Welcome back to another episode of Stacking Denny's. I'm Jordan McAbee of Roto Baller. My co-host, Nick Giffen of the Action Network. Tyler Reddick in victory lane at Kansas Speedway gets the third win for that 45 Toyota for 2311 racing in the last four races. His owner, Denny Hamlin, getting the other win during that span. Reddick locks himself into the second round of the playoffs along with Kyle Larson. And speaking of the playoffs, that's going to be a lot of what we have to talk about in this episode because championship favorite Martin Truex Jr., Had trouble at Kansas, very early issue, finished dead last. We talked about this on last week's episode. What if he runs into problems at Kansas? He is now seven points below the cut line, and Bristol's not that good of a track for him. We could see an early elimination of Martin Truex Jr. I will say, though, spoiler alert, I have put a bet on Truex to win the championship this week because Superbook moved it to 10-1. If he advances, I love that bet. Obviously, there's a good, there's a I think there's a decent chance that he does not advance. But sticking with Kansas, uh, Tyler Reddick, Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones round out the top three. Kyle Larson, Joey Logano sneaks in there with a top five finish thanks to a two tire stop at the end. Chase Elliott, the bet that we gave on the show last week, plus one forty for a top ten finishes sixth. Kyle Bush comes from the back, finishes seventh. Uh, Christopher Bell started on the pole, only led 15 laps. In typical Christopher Bell fashion, did not do much from the pole. Finished eighth. Keslowski and Alex Bowman rounding out the top 10. 86% on gluck po- Jeff Glucks' poll. 86.4 said that Kansas was a good race. We typically see good racing there. Nick, do you agree? Outside of you know the tire issues that once again plagued a Kansas race, you know we saw. Truex have tire issues. We saw Chris Buescher have a late tire issue which that changed the outcome of the race and kind of hurt his playoff chances. Um, a few other guys with tire issues, do you think that plagued the race? Do you think that's just part of what we have at Kansas? You know, we didn't really see that in the first Kansas race from what I remember earlier this year, but we did see this, these tire issues in practice and in the actual race come into play. But overall, do you think that was a good race?
1: Yeah, thought it was a totally fine race, and I'm not worried about the tire issues. Uh, Same tire we used earlier this year at Kansas, so uh, I know there was talk that teams were just being aggressive with pressures and cambers and things like that, so uh, just, just one of those things where, you know, every once in a blue moon we have these kinds of weekends where tires happen, and exact same tire as before. I can't, at this mm-hmm. exact same track, so I can't blame Goodyear. I can't blame NASCAR. Uh, to me, that seems like it's on the teams, and uh, you know that's just one of those things. And and it and it happens. You know, it it wouldn't be racing if there wasn't the occasional tire issue. Anyway, that's just part of racing. Uh, and Truex's was like a puncture. Like his yeah. actually just got hit something right at the start and uh, just straight up punctured it. So even that one, I can't really say you know I, I have any negative feelings about because that's just. He hit a piece of debris that was probably so tiny you couldn't see it, but it made a tiny hole, and that's all it takes to deflate these tires sometimes. So that's just that's just how it goes in, in racing. But I thought it was a good race. Uh, don't think it was as good as the first Kansas race, but I still, still thought it was very entertaining. Um, it, you know, it, I'm a little annoyed that Chase Elliott didn't have a better day just because I had him 30-1 to 1 because he had a very good car, but once he lost track position thanks to his pit crew – uh, he, he just couldn't quite get it back. And I don't I don't necessarily think he had the strongest car, but he had a top two or three car, and it just didn't end up that way. Excuse me. didn't up, end up that way for him based off of his pit crew costing him several spots a couple different times.
0: Speaking of Chase Elliott, you know, when we kicked off these playoffs, we talked about who's going to finish 17th in points. He is already only six points back from 17th in points. Yeah, uh, Seven races Impressive. less than Ty Gibbs, and he almost has as many points. So, yeah. Great, great run there by Chase Elliott. Um, Denny Hamlin, another guy I, I bet on top five. Uh, was glad to hit that at plus one forty. I didn't actually get to watch the race in real time. Once again this week, so opening opening the results once the race was over, I was like, hell yeah, this was a good this was a good betting day. I needed one of those. So, um, <laughs> but overall, you know, Larson led the most laps. No surprise there. Larson had a rocket in practice. He's always good at Kansas. He, he should have won the first race. Hamlin's always good at Kansas. How, how much were you surprised by Eric Jones up there You know, finishing third?
1: I was surprised at how good he was, not because he's not good here, just because he was so high up. Like He was legitimately just running sixth or seventh, things like that. I was yeah. expecting more like you know a 12th place that could turn into a, a fifth or a sixth based off of the late strategy stuff we saw. But it was more like a, a sixth or a seventh that turned into a third or a fourth type deal based off of the strategy stuff. So uh, definitely impressed. And, and I wasn't worried about practice speed or anything like that. I mean, all he did was run a five-lap average. We had no idea how he was going to be in the long run, but typically he's pretty good at, at Kansas and at uh, similar tracks here, especially with some tire wear. Uh, so not, not surprised at all by Eric Jones having a strong day here.
0: I feel like, you know, that team has definitely, you know, last year they won a race. They, they showed decent speed. I feel like that team's came around this last month. Uh, especially with Josevar getting in that that 42 you know he got another top 20 finish yeah that's that's very impressive for that team and you know and people I I see tweets every weekend now with with Josevar and the results he's getting they're saying it's not the equipment it's still it was still kind of the equipment that this car was junk the beginning of the year um they have gotten better and you can tell that with Jones too like Jones is getting better that so, the 42 is also going to get better. And obviously, Josevar is doing the most he can with that card, and it's significantly better than, than what Gregson was doing. But um, a guy that kind of had a surprisingly disappointing day, and I, I don't know if he had an issue or not. William Byron did not get any stage points, ended up 15th. Uh, was there anything noteworthy there that happened to him? Because he had that issue in practice, you know, they, they had that, that part break. Um, but was he just slow or what?
1: Yeah, there was something, I can't remember exactly what, uh, but there was something at some point that kind of set him back, but overall he wasn't able to recover. Real quick on Eric Jones, I'm still a little a little curious, because remember earlier in the year when they said that team was bad? Well, they were bad on the shorter, higher downforce package, but they were good in the intermediates. Well, look at their good tracks they've had recently, intermediate, intermediate, mm. intermediate. uh, Intermediate package at Pocono, so yeah, uh, I think the performance increase may still just correlate with intermediate versus you know higher downforce packages. Still, Um, he did get 11th in New Hampshire, which is interesting. But overall, I think it's just they're better in the intermediate package than they are in the higher downforce, you know, short track, uh, shorter, flatter track, uh, road course type package. So, uh, speaking of that team though, Legacy Motor Club. Noah Gregson, who was fired, has now been reinstated by NASCAR. So we'll have to see where he ends up next. uh, After probably after this season, you know, in the off season, we'll probably hear something about him.
0: Yeah, you have to think he's going to probably get a get an Xfinity ride there.
1: Uh, Won't be. I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in one of those college cars because I think both of those seats are open.
0: That would be a that would be an organization that would take him too. You know, Mm -hmm. take the. The bad boy or whatever you want to call it I mean remember but, he did uh, run
1: that part time season For them I think it was with Hemrick and Almendinger last year
0: mm-hmm. I did see there's a rumor Going around that Hemrick's going to be back in cup Next year Please I want to see this again please <laughs>
1: <sighs> Oh dear Yeah that's a free square on fading most weeks Yeah
0: But um, but overall you know Not too many other surprises here uh, Looking at the race results Ross Chastain finished 13th, Blaney 12th, Harvick 11th. Uh, Stenhouse struggled, finished 23rd. Michael McDowell, I think, had another issue, if I remember right. He finished 26th. Um, and then Bubba Wallace basically now, you know, his one track, his one very good track at uh, in the first round, Kansas. Finished second in stage one, but I think he was another one of those guys that blew a tire, right? Uh, who was it? Bubba Wallace. Or did he get caught up in a
1: wreck? He gosh, I don't remember what happened to him. Um He had something happen. I remember, yeah, he he did lose a tire. He was like, yeah, I had no indication or or something like that and then he was kind of annoyed he didn't, you know, realize it sooner and just kind of ride the outside wall or something. But I mean, nothing you can do when you blow a tire. So Bubbles you know, he's a little hard on himself, but at the same time, um, he also realizes it's not his fault, even though he still was trying to be hard on himself. And uh, I liked that interview. He was joking around with, about Tyler Reddick at the end, and people took it way too seriously, but he, he was just having some fun. So, uh, yeah, thought um, unfortunate result there for Bubba Wallace. He's going to, he doesn't have to win, but he needs a lot of problems for others in front of him in a strong day at Bristol to, to get through yeah and and
0: you know we're going to talk about bristol extensively here because a lot of people can have issues at bristol we saw it last year we we've seen it over the years it's not that hard to you have one small issue at bristol and your race is done because it's a half mile track 500 laps like you're screwed so uh definitely you know the playoff picture this is exciting this is exactly what we wanted you know Previewing last week for Kansas, this is exactly what I was rooting for. I wanted Truex to have issues. I want, I want there to be drama in these playoffs, and it's looking like that's going to play out here at Bristol this weekend. Um, obviously, you know, Chris Buescher won it, winning it last year. Christopher Bell had a super fast car there <laughs> last year. Uh, Larson always a a contender at um, Bristol as well. But. Um, you know, going back a little bit to Chase Elliott, he's been, you know, making the rounds on social media this weekend. Uh, thanks to that little run in on pit road and, and subsequent, you know, run in on the track with his teammate, Kyle Larson. Um, I know I have my opinions on this, but I'm really curious what your opinions on this are and whether, you know, that's just, I just want to hear your
1: opinions on this. Who cares? Who cares? It's, it's a non it's it's not interesting to me. He thought Kyle Larson got into him when he shouldn't have, and then, you know, so he, he retaliated. He had no idea that there was another car below Kyle Larson, and then you find out later, and it's, oh, okay, my bad, whatever. They, it, it's not an issue. I, I don't care. I see people on Twitter being like, well, Chase Elliott made an issue because he retaliated against his teammate on the Access Road or whatever. I don't care. It's It's nothing. It's literally nothing. Chase has no issue with Larson. Larson has no issue with Chase. It's just what happens when you get four wide on pit road, you kinda of just get squeezed and have nowhere to go. Chase couldn't see the car to the left of Larson. So who cares? It's non issue. I don't I don't care if he, you know, he retaliated to his teammate. He didn't he barely hit him. Like it was a, like more like a the hell was that kind of thing. There was no damage, there was nothing wrong. Non issue.
0: Yeah, it's it's the it's the what ifs, you know, it's That's what people always like. Well, what if he would have cut his tire? He didn't like he I don't I'm not even sure that there was actual contact that when Chase Elliott, you know, swerved. I think he was just saying, hey, I didn't appreciate that. Um, But, you know, as far as as Elliott not knowing that that was the issue, I think this is another thing. Just like last week when we talked about with Kevin Harvick, how does his spotter not say, hey, the reason you just got ran into is because you're going four wide on pit road and you can't go four wide on pit road you know
1: yeah
0: but is it you know then again as a spotter know that suddenly i like in my opinion suddenly chase elliott's become a bit of a hothead after what we saw in charlotte <laughs> with 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 Denny hamlin. Hamlin, and now this like he's kind of acting like a little entitled prick and he, uh, you kind of have to control that i don't, that I don't know have if, those i don't know if
1: i agree with that uh, i mean obviously the hamlin one was dumb but i don't know if this was entitled prick this was Hey, somebody hit me! I'm gonna show my displeasure. I, I, we see that all the time. I don't have anything wrong with what Chase Elliott did.
0: Do you think? Okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw a hypothetical in there. But there, that could have been a big issue.
1: I don't really see how.
0: What if, uh, what if Larson wasn't locked into the next round? And but he then, was. But he was. I'm just saying, what if what if Elliot does that in the championship race?
1: He's not going to do that to his teammate in the championship race. I so will guarantee that. If his cha- if his teammate's in the championship race, he's not doing that. <clears throat> That's just I said I wasn't going to throw hypotheticals out, and I still did. But <laughs> no, it's not an issue. Me, I don't. I I don't care. Like th- that was such a minor thing in the grand scheme of things, and people are making it into something. At that, who cares? I I give zero craps about that incident. None. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think this do you, do you think like Chase Elliott is losing his fan base a little bit?
1: No, I don't I, I don't think there's any indication of that.
0: Or do you th- or do you think it's, you know, or, or maybe turning away the guys that aren't Chase Elliott fans even more?
1: You I, know, I think like, there could be some of that. Um I definitely think there could be some of that, but they already like, weren't like if you, they already weren't fans of his anyway. It's not really I guess he's not endearing himself to them, but right. he, you know, he already hasn't won them over, so it's not really a loss.
0: Well, like I I'm just kind of, you know, to put this all together, you know, for how many years Kyle Busch was always boo boo boo. Now all of a sudden people are cheering Kyle Busch. People the guy getting the most boos at driver intros now is Denny Hamlin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Denny Hamlin was loved for not loved, but nobody had really had an issue with him for a ton of years. Now all of a sudden until hates he ran him.
1: into Chase Elliott now everybody hates yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. See, so, so I I don't see that exactly, and that's another reason why I don't think Chase Elliott fans are getting sick of Chase Elliott. They're still booing the hell out of Danny Hamlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I uh
0: I, I like it because you know my beef with Chase Elliott has been for a while. Have a fucking personality. Yeah. You know what's you know what's a personality? Bumping your teammate after getting bumped on pit road, and bumping them back yeah. and saying, I didn't appreciate that. So I like that.
1: Um, and yeah, I, I, like I said, I didn't mind it. Um, and the, the other thing about it is like, it's a misunderstanding. He, he has no way of knowing Larson understands that Elliot had no way of knowing. So Larson, you, you hear Larson's interview afterward. Larson's like, yeah, he had no idea. I had a guy below me. So I understand like Larson wasn't right. bad about it. Uh, chase was annoyed about it in the moment. Finds out later yeah, oh yeah maybe I was annoyed for the wrong reason. All good. And that's yeah. how it should be, right? Like Chase has no reason to hold a grudge and I totally believe him. Like he's not mad about it. It's just one of those things that he didn't understand the situation and now he does. It's and it's a it's a lot different when, you know,
0: you're watching on TV and you see the replay, you know, you see all the cars. You're not yeah. in the
1: car. You think, yeah, Chase like cannot see through Kyle Larson's car there. He can't.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, before we get before we get to to playoffs talk and this this next cut race, you got anything else left from Kansas?
1: Um, no. I mean it's it's kind of wild. The forty five car won again. Uh, right. I saw an interesting fact that there have been three drivers employed in the forty five car full time, right. not counting Ty Gibbs who was part time, uh, and all three of them won at Kansas. So. You know that's that's pretty neat,, uh, and the other one was the team owner, like you said, Denny Hamlin. One other thing from Kansas we had for the first time all year in the Cup series, six nine, the 69 challenge. Brad no Kislowski completed the 69 <laughs> challenge, finished sixth at Darlington, ninth at Kansas. Oh, that's nice. awesome. That's nice. awesome. I'm penciling him in for the win at Bristol. He's my pick. We win. haven't we haven't talked about that in a while. That's awesome. Hey, he had a we good had car one in, last year. We had one. And I can't remember if it was truck or Xfinity, but we had one there. I think it was Cole Custer. Obviously, Kyle Kirkwood in IndyCar was the first to do it this year in any of the major series. So, uh, Brad Keselowski becomes the first Cup Series driver to accomplish that this year.
0: You you need to tweet that out to him now. Just be like, congratulations to Brad Keselowski for. Uh, Completing the six <laughs> nine challenge.
1: <laughs> uh, he, he's in the six car too, so. And and uh the nine car finished sixth. That's
0: funny. Yeah, the six car finished ninth, the nine car finished sixth. That's funny. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I wonder how many times that's happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh man. All right. We got playoffs to talk about because this is gonna get interesting. I'll tell you that. Right now, Larson Reddick locked into the next round. Denny Hamlin, William Byron, both with – Byron has 49 points – or Hamlin has 49 points. Byron has 41 points to the good on cut line. Keselowski's looking pretty solid, plus 33. Blaney, Kyle Busch, 24 and 25. Then it gets interesting. Ross Chastain, plus 18. Chris Buescher, plus 13. Christopher Bell, plus 13. Logano, who was your pick as a surprise miss for these playoffs, plus 12. Kevin Harvick, plus 7, who's been very good at uh, Bristol as of late, and just overall. Martin Truex Jr., who has not been good at Bristol as of late, or really overall, below the cut line, minus 7 from the cut. Bubba Wallace, minus 19, Stenhouse, minus 22, and McDowell basically needing a win at minus 40. This is going to be a crazy race, just based on what we saw last year. A lot of power steering issues last year. A lot of just overall, you know, issues overall in last year's yeah. race that can really affect these drivers. Like I said, you cannot make a mistake at Bristol. You can't have a mechanical issue at Bristol. Obviously, you cannot control mechanical issues. Chris Buescher right. in victory lane here last year. Christopher Bell had the fastest car here last year, um, and Keselowski was strong as well. Do you? Uh, okay. First, of, let, let's start here. Martin Truex Jr. Ten to one championship you think that's a good bet obviously I said I bet it do you think that's a good bet right now
1: it's a good bet if he gets through (laughs) the question is does he get through but honestly if he has a clean race I'm not saying a good race I'm saying a clean race I think he makes it through because somebody else ahead of him inevitably will have an issue Mm -hmm. Uh, so as long as he's a clean race I think he's fine and you know, last year Bristol finished 36, but the year before he finished 7th. If he has just one of those performances, finishes 7th, maybe picks up a stage point or two, doesn't even have to, he's through. So I think it's a good bet if he makes it through. The question is, will he make it through? And to me, yeah, he's going to make it through if he has a clean race. So uh, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. One other thing I wanted to point out, uh, kind of in back in reference to Kansas, it was absolutely massive for Joey Logano to do that two-tire yes. stop there at the end because that picked him up 10 places or something like that. I mean, he was outside the top 10. He was in the in the teens. Yeah, I think he, he, said he a, they
0: fifth. were a 15th-place car, yeah.
1: They were, and he picked up 10 points there. You know, if he doesn't have those 10 extra points where he is, two points ahead of Martin Truex Jr. instead of 12. Uh, so that was a massive call for that team. Joey Logano stealing two very solid finishes at Kansas this year, uh, a sixth and a fifth, when he had 15th-place cars at best in both of them.
0: hmm You mentioned, you know, Truex probably, your, you know, if he, if he has a clean race, which is nowhere near a guarantee for him at Bristol, but if he has a clean race and someone ahead of him has an issue, he can get in. Who do you think of the people ahead of him is most likely to have an issue here at Bristol? Like I said, Harvick's always good here. Christopher Bell was the fastest car here last year. Chris Busher won the race. Then we got Chastain, who's, who's 25 above Truex. And then Logano. I'm going to assume this. you're going to say Logano. But Logano's uh, 19 above. Or no, 12 above, sorry. Chastain's 18 above. Logano's 12 above. You think Logano's the most likely, probably followed by Chastain, second most likely to, to have issues.
1: I think Logano is the most likely. Just being stuck in mid-pack is, is never a good thing. Um, I'm not going to say Chastain. I'm going to go with, for second or third most likely, I think it's kind of a toss-up for me between Christopher Bell and mm-hmm. Kyle Busch. Uh, Kyle Busch always seems to have issues at Bristol. He either seems like he's winning or dominating, or he has an issue at Bristol. Yep. Uh, that's just kind of his MO at Bristol. Yeah, so and look Christopher at this. Bell, that team just, they always find something wrong to do. Uh, whether it's driver or team or mechanical or whatever, something always seems to bite Chris Bell.
0: I have, I've, have, you know, I've talked about this before on this show. Christopher Bell, no matter if he wins the poll, if he looks the best in practice, he never goes out and dominates, ever. He never goes out and dominates. He led 15 laps at Kansas. He had a fucking rocket ship all weekend. Um. That's CMO with Kyle, uh, with Christopher Bell, and like you said, they always just find issues. Like that, he finished eighth at, mm-hmm. at Kansas. There's no reason he should have finished eighth. He should have been in a top five car. Going back to Kyle Busch at Bristol, you look at the last 13 races here: three wins, uh, one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six top fives in the last 12. Or yeah, last 13 races here. So six top fives, last 13 races. Every other single race, 20th or worse. Mm-hmm. Like there's no exactly. in between. Kyle, Kyle Busch does not come in and have a tenth place finish. He finishes top five. He wins, or he's twentieth or worse. Like this is, yeah,
1: yeah. including
0: last. So that year was, that's, he,
1: what I was, that's what I was saying. Like the dude just he either seems like he has one of the best cars or he has issues. So that's why I'm throwing Kyle Busch, Chris Bell. Uh, I think I might have said Busch by accident. One of those, Chris Bell and Kyle Busch uh, are like my two A and two B on most likely to have issues this weekend. Hmm. I agree with that. I'm I'm
0: throwing Ross Chastain in there just because I hate Ross Chastain. That's <laughs> exactly. That's my personal. Um. I they're running the intermediate package this week, correct? I guess I saw that uh, somewhere. Yes, they are. They are yeah. running
1: the intermediate package, which is uh, you know I think obviously a positive thing for Eric Jones, kind of deal. But uh, you know Ross Chastain, he he finished sixth here at Bristol last year. He finished 14th with Ganassi in that other full-time season. So this is a solid track for Ross Chastain. Uh, obviously, that team's been down a little bit, but they're still a top 13, top 15 car at worst these days, um, especially once they went to Darlington, Kansas, two tracks really good for them. Bristol, another track really good for Ross Chastain. So I expect the top 15 performing car. Doesn't mean that's where he will finish, but I expect the top 15 performing car for Ross Chastain. Mm-hmm.
0: Going back to, you know, we made our predictions for <clears throat> who would be out this round of the playoffs back before the Darlington opening race. You said Bubba Wallace, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano, Michael McDowell. Right now the four out are Truex, Bubba Wallace, Stenhouse, McDowell with Logano right there on the fringe as is Kevin Harvick. You sticking with that? Those are your four out, Bubba Wallace, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano, Michael McDowell?
1: Yeah, I'm sticking with those four. Um, I don't see any reason to change it other than the fact that it's Martin Truex Jr. down there, and he's not good at Bristol, but Harvick is. Uh, so it really comes down to Truex, like I said, having a clean race versus maybe a problem for a Logano or a Bell, or if it oh if it's only somehow Kyle Busch, I could see Kyle Busch maybe somehow missing out. But uh, I'm just gonna say that Truex makes up 12 points on Logano somehow, some way.
0: Hmm. One thing, one thing to note, I think definitely for Truex as well, is and just JGR in general they had a lot of mechanical issues in this race last year Uh, Toyota did overall Ty Gibbs had a steering issue Truex had a steering issue Kyle Busch blew an engine Mm -hmm. Um, Bubba Wallace had an issue what we've seen I feel like this year is and with with there only being one repeat of these And Bob Pockress was asked about this earlier today too was, do these issues get fixed? And he basically said, we have no way of knowing until the fucking race starts. Exactly. Because we have not been here in a year. Who knows if they're fixed? So Goodyear is bringing a new right side, I believe, tire to this, this week's race compared. They're, it's going to wear mm-hmm. a little bit more. But we have no idea if these power steering issues are going to are going to be fixed from last year. And if we've learned anything this season from last year... A lot of the same stuff is happening. A lot of the same drivers that were fast last year at these tracks are fast this year at these tracks. Like we're not seeing huge gains, we're not seeing huge losses from from a lot of these teams. You know, obviously some of these teams regressed, but yep. overall, we're, the, the the people that were fast last year are fast again this year. Um, so that adds another layer into the mix. If if Joe Gibbs Racing has and Toyota in general has another issue with mechanical stuff, that puts Christopher Bell, that puts Martin Truex Jr. Uh, obviously Bubba Wallace, who's up below the cut line right now, and maybe even Denny Hamlin, even though he does have that 49 put-in advantage, like he really can uh, – it's
1: going to take a lot for Denny Hamlin not to get to the next round. If Denny but, Hamlin wins a stage, uh, he, he'll have 59 points, and, and that means he's guaranteed to go through because somebody else could only grab 59 points because right. there would be 10 and 10 for stages and 40 for the win, but since Denny Hamlin captured one of those stages, only 59 points left – and I'm pretty sure he would uh, – not guaranteed, but, uh, you know, I guess the other person would win, and Hamlin's best finish in this round would be second. So not guaranteed. But it would be, like, 99.9% sure Denny right. Hamlin will go through, as long as he just wins a stage. And yeah. so, I mean, even if Denny Hamlin's a major issue, it probably has to happen really early in this race, like before the end of stage one, for him to have a shot at not advancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Denny Hamlin's probably
0: in. William Byron's Byron's probably in. Uh, I think Keslowski's probably in. Like I, I it's gonna take something catastrophic for him not to be in. I, I think I definitely <laughs> think
1: it gets We saw those catastrophic things last year though, you know? It's, I know, uh, I, know. Was, I know. Last year was crazy. So nobody's I would say nobody through Keslowski is safe. And I feel really, really solid about those top four though. I mean obviously Larson and Redick are through, but I feel very, very solid about Hamlin, of course. And then I think Byron's you know, 99% through as well. Maybe 98%, let's say. Right.
0: Uh, speaking of Reddick, you know, he's through to the next round. We've talked about him before as is he a legitimate championship contender? Does his win at Kansas affect your thinking there at all of him being, he obviously has the upside, but is he a legitimate championship contender this season now that, you know, he's got that win?
1: Yes, he is. Yeah. And that's a good track him? for him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, it depends on what his odds are. I haven't looked, honestly, but... Uh,
0: I want to say they're no Let's
1: look at these different rounds. He won Texas last year. He could win the Roval, so next round's really good for him. Uh, he obviously could win Homestead. This one of his best tracks. And he finished second at Phoenix uh, last year, finished third this year, so yeah, why, why not at Phoenix?
0: Sorry, I'm trying to pull up championship odds here. Biggest threat uh, for Tyler
1: Reddick is is Martinsville in that in that last round. If he has a bad race, maybe at one of Las Vegas or Homestead, Martinsville's not a great track for him. But he's mm-hmm. he's kind of setting up well to get to uh, to Phoenix. Wouldn't that be something if if
0: twenty three eleven came through and won the championship this year? That'd be
1: Tyler Reddick bumps Denny Hamlin for the win at Phoenix, <laughs> uh, knocking his team owner out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my um, God. I don't even know what would happen then. Can you gosh. imagine? Can you imagine? I want that to happen now. I want that to happen so bad. Or Denny to do it to Tyler. Either way. But I think it would be more funny if Tyler did it to Denny. Yeah. Man.
0: I'm so happy that Truex had issues at Kansas, though. Because you look at the last...
1: I'm not. I had him, what, is this 14 or 16 to 1 to win the championship? <laughs>
0: The last, uh, I'll go, I'll go back the last 20 or 19 Bristol races, two top tens for Martin Truex jr.
1: Hmm.
0: A seventh place and an eighth place. He he had that seventh place after starting on the pole lead led five laps.
1: Uh, and that start on the and pole the, and lead. five laps at Bristol, yeah. Oof. And then
0: Oof. Uh, his eighth place finish was when he started third in 2017. He led 116 laps that race, so we actually had hey actually
1: yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, since he joined uh, with that Kevin Harvick head to head that we bet we tweeted about it uh, both yeah. You and I, so um, here's a bet for you guys to truex truex. Has in the past 16, which is when Truex moved to Furniture Row, which was the team he ended up winning the championship with, so like when he moved to really good equipment, that was the same year Harvick moved to Stuart Haas. Since that year, Harvick has 13 wins and 3 losses versus Truex at Bristol head-to-head, including 12 of the last 13.
0: Right. So, for those that don't follow us on Twitter, uh, Bet365 has Harvick versus Truex. Minus 115 on both sides. Nick and I both Bet that today. So there's your bet for this weekend's race. Kevin Harvick over Martin Truex Jr. minus one fifteen on Bet three six five. Obviously, if it gets if it's anywhere else out there and it's better odds, I'm going to hit it again because I'm I'm that confident in this head to head. And I don't really bet head to heads, um, but I do think I definitely think without issues, just head to head, Harvick is that much better than Martin Truex Jr. at,
1: at Bristol. I love betting head to heads, man. They're they're so. They're so profitable. I don't bet them enough, honestly, uh, because we all like chasing the big one. But really, we should be playing our, our bankrolls with more head heads
0: You know what I love betting?
1: What do you love betting?
0: Top tens. Those have been my <laughs>
1: bread and butter this year.
0: You know how much money I've made off of top tens this year? No. It's been like the majority of my wins this year Or have been top tens. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I hit a lot of top 10s this past week, that's for sure. Um, been, I've been like down for about the past month and a half or so, two months, pretty much every week. I think there's maybe one profitable week in there. But it's because I'm taking a lot of long shots, and I, mm. I just have that mindset. I love taking long shots because there's value in them. And when you take 20, 30, 80, 100 to 1 shots, and you do it time and time and time and time again, you're bound to go through a cold streak. And that's just going to happen. So, um, hey, I'm on a cold streak. I've been on worse ones. And, uh, you know, we'll rebound. Uh, Thankfully, I've had a few good top tens hit and a few other head-to-heads hit to kind of not make it the most disastrous of all time, month and a half or two months. But uh, certainly hasn't been ideal for me this year. I shouldn't say this year. I mean, I've been profitable this year. I started off up like 50 units. uh, But, uh, you know, definitely cut into those 50 units over the past couple of months hmm yeah I mean you still I
0: mean you've had those massive wins on Kirk Kyle Kirkwood this year so I wasn't even like talking IndyCar car yeah I think, I think you're alright just cup series yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah no not worried about that I'm up like 300 units just on Kyle Kirkwood wins this year um, so <laughs> you know doing okay there uh but uh, yeah feel feeling all right about that yeah um
0: as far I, I'm ready to talk Bristol. If you are, you know, getting actually, we gotta do wine about it, don't we? Yes, wine about it. We're gonna get to that right now. Presented by Luba Bella Winery, which, by the way, Stephen Balazzi this week. I'm leaving for Bristol tomorrow. Leaving tomorrow Let's morning. Go. I'm heading down to Bristol. I wish
1: I so wish I could be there. I have obviously I have Bet What Happens Live for Action Network during Thursday night football, uh, which you know i'll be I'll be live right around the time that uh, Malazi is uh i, I would say getting get halfway through that race in the lead <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he will uh
0: spoiler alert we're we're trying our hardest to get him on the show next week. We should be able to get Stephen Malazi on here uh to talk about Bristol to talk about his experience with with getting outback as a sponsor and you know obviously stacking Denny's has been and Lou Bella Winery has been partners with. Stephen Malazia this whole year and yeah I'm excited to get down there I've never been to Bristol before. Um,
1: You'll love it. You'll yeah, love it.
0: should be should be awesome. My dad and I are heading down tomorrow, so um, yeah I'm excited. I'm gonna I told I told Malazia I'm gonna be the first one in line at Food City for his appearance and I Hell fully yeah. plan on being that.
1: I'm I'm walking gotta, in there as the doors open. You gotta get me some extra signed merch. I've got nothing signed from Malazia. My favorite yeah. driver has never signed anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'm going to let you go first on Wine
0: about it because uh I don't have wine so I need to get wine. So I'm going to let you All go right, first so I'm while gonna, I go get one. I'm going to
1: open this wine. It is the have sweet rosé. I have I've have, I don't think I have. I may have had a okay. before, but it, if I have I don't remember, which means it wasn't super remarkable for me, but I guess I'll just retry it if I have cuz uh then I don't remember. So yeah, it is yeah. the reds uh brand sweet rose 13% alcohol by volume so I'm gonna open the the cap here it's one of those I love wine with twist-off caps you know corks are nice whatever but it's so much easier to do twist off cap so we're gonna do the wine ASMR twist-off cap pour and sip oh I love that sound nice little ASMR sound there all right we're gonna pour the wine and we have to give it a taste test before we get into wine about it so oh man that is so good i actually really like this one this is good this is really good um i really like that i'm not a rose guy i really like that that is good yeah okay all right Definitely on my list to order for the next batch. I like it. I like it a lot. A little, not like sweet. It's not a sweet wine, but it has like a fruity sweet taste, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's. I think it's fantastic. If I remember it, it.
0: It's it's quite light. Like,
1: yeah, light, yeah. sweet, fruity, um, rose. Really good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't. I don't really have a wine about it. I'm. You know, obviously think people making a big deal of the chase larson stuff i could whine about but we already talked about it so and i thought kansas was fine um i think we all could obviously whine about nascar bringing back these you know stage cautions for the roval i think that's the obvious one to whine about so i'm gonna whine about something different i'm gonna whine about indycar and nascar throwing the green flag within five minutes of each other these two series are the two premier series in North America for racing. And it would benefit them. We see how well that Indianapolis weekend went with all the different NASCAR series, the IndyCar series, the Lights series, etc. That was such a great crossover weekend. We've seen that for two years in a row now. Why these sanctioning bodies, and I understand it's all TV and money-driven, but why can't they emphasize how much more important it is to at least stagger these starts? Even if there's overlap, why can't we have one of them be one, uh, you know, half an hour earlier and the other half an hour later to give us an hour of staggering? Preferably, stagger IndyCar earlier and NASCAR later of the two because then once IndyCar finishes, you can watch most of the rest of the NASCAR race, whereas you know, if you stagger NASCAR earlier, they're going to end around the same time as IndyCar because typically IndyCar races are shorter not always but typically um so it's just absolutely the most frustrating thing because race fans are race fans yeah there's a few who are very uh territorial Uh, I'm only a NASCAR person I'm only an IndyCar person I'm only an F1 person but that's the minority the vast minority of fans uh race fans are race fans they love watching racing and when both of those series are on head-to-head you know what it does it draws viewership down from both of them. I understand NFL is on, and so there's even going head-to-head against NFL. And I'm not worried about that. I've seen people be like, well, we should end the season before NFL starts for NASCAR. No, no, no. We've been running against NFL for five decades. No, we're not doing that. We're not ending the NASCAR season when NFL starts. I understand IndyCar had their last race when NFL started. It makes a little more sense for them because they're a smaller series smaller car count, smaller race count, but I do think IndyCar is going to eventually extend back to where they were, where they ended in October back in the 90s and 2000s. So I think we're going to get back there with IndyCar. So that's the... NFL isn't the issue. The issue is you guys going against each other starting five minutes apart. Literally, I looked at Bob Pockris' Green Flag Time tweet, and I looked at Eric Race Review's uh, tweet for IndyCar Green Flag Time, and... They were five minutes apart. Unacceptable. Frustrating because I love both series, and it's really hard to pay attention to both at once. Uh, and then, let alone especially during NFL season. But even that aside, just communicate. You guys, I promise, will both do better if you communicate and find ways to maximize viewership across uh you know the series because and work together because race fans are race fans
0: I agree with that and the thing is though I don't think they want to work together because they do look at it as competing you know and they both want the the premium time slot that they think they're in so it's I get the frustration but I also get their side of you know
1: well, I don't exa- think they're... It's exactly why don't we don't think start races at 1, to, 1
0: p.m. anymore.
1: Well, I don't think they're trying to be adversarial about it. I think they're both, you know... I, I don't think they're working together. I agree with that. But I also don't think they're being adversarial. I don't think they're being intentionally like, I got to infringe on NASCAR's slot or I got to infringe on IndyCar's slot. Um, because that actually, what that ends up doing is drawing both down. Um, I think it's more just, this is what works better for our TV partner and this is what works better for our other TV partner and they happen to be at the same time. But... Uh, Man, you can't even find it, like, half an hour earlier for one series and half an hour later to give us an hour stagger. Really? Just uh, so frustrating. But I, and, I, and I get it. I get it. I get there's a lot of things, a lot of parts and pieces that go into it. I understand it. But I truly believe it would be better for both series if, if we could stagger these starts more than five minutes apart. Right. Yeah,
0: five minutes is – and I don't know how often that happens, but it seems like it doesn't happen, you know super often
1: it seems like for IndyCar especially like you're going up against NASCAR and NFL for your final championship race of the season plus this year the championship was already decided going into it nobody watched that race it got like a little over half a million which is the second lowest viewed race of the year uh, for IndyCar not counting the Peacock only race
0: yeah yep so, yeah, that's interesting, you know, five minutes, like, yeah. But it is what it is, you know. I get the I get the why about and it, though.
1: Once again, Kyle Kirkwood lasted not even a turn because uh, <laughs> all hell broke loose in front of him, and then somebody plowed into him from behind. Nothing he could do. One of those years for him, but, uh, hey, two wins on the year in his second year. First year with the Andretti Autosport, second year in the IndyCar Series, looking for even bigger and better things in 2023 for my guy. Plus three hundred units, Kyle Kirkwood.
0: <laughs> Plus three hundred <laughs> units. it's awesome. I'd throw it in there. <laughs> yeah. All right. In honor of Malazzi's next start and let's go the, the uh, purple stacking Denny's Ford from Martinsville. I'm drinking some purple rain. Gotta go. This, classic this night. Yes, and if you've if you've listened to this podcast you know how much i like this this wine this is the wine i recommend to everybody to try out of luvabella it is my favorite it tastes like to me it tastes like welch's grape juice except it has 13 percent alcohol or yeah yeah 13 alcohol like it's it's insanely good very good very good wine um my my like i'm defaulting wine about it here because i'm irritated about it and i know everybody else is whining about it but Changing the rules for for the Indi, or the Charlotte Roval to bring backstage. What the fuck? Just mm-hmm. come out and say. I didn't even. What was their reason? Because I remember we all know like, their I, reason.
1: They didn't I like know, the two long green flag races uh, we had back to back with Indy and, and Glenn.
0: I think they came out and said the the say the quiet part out loud though. There were some things that we could do differently going back to the caution stage breaks that would potentially make our races better. We had the option to pull that lever. Elton Sawyer, uh, who's the director of competition or whatever. Just say you want the fucking manufactured drama of restarts because that's all you want. You want all those cars broken barreling into turn one and hoping you get a wreck fest like we saw at Charlotte Roble the first yes or second no. time we were
1: there. Yes and no because then they moved the restart zone which is a whole other issue but uh, yeah. they're trying to prevent that and I actually think they're going to make it even worse uh, because that restart zone is ridiculous what they're doing but I do think they're trying to create more drama while doing it without stacking up the whole field and wrecking everybody uh, because they think they're doing it better by moving the restart zone and making it better but actually it's making it i don't think any better i think had you pulled this at indy or glenn it would be much more fine because you wouldn't be getting those like crazy stacked up mayhem restarts because you moved it at indy which actually caused normal restarts yeah Um, but at least it creates that drama of close competition once again for a few laps and, and stuff like that so you're right they're doing it for the manufacturer drama but i don't necessarily think they were hoping a bunch of cars would pile into each other but I think that move to move the restart zone is going to make everybody pile into each other because that is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. If there's – for me, if there's a whine about it, even more than the stage cautions, it's that restart zone. I think that's going to be a problem. Well, it's a massive
0: disadvantage for the outside line. Like – Yeah. They, like, and that for that the stuff- cars
1: that haven't gone through the chicane yet because those guys restarting in the chicane are going to get to get up speed. And then these all these others have to kind of like – cluster fuck up oh my and God. chicane while they're trying to accelerate. It makes no sense.
0: And obviously we'll talk about it the week going into that, but that's that's going to affect betting. That's going to affect DFS because all of a sudden uh, track positions are going to be even more important and it's yeah, like I don't understand that at all. I don't understand I understand why they're doing it, but just come out and say you want the fucking caution. Like
1: I don't understand accelerating into a chicane for half the field, right? Uh, it's just going to be the biggest accordion effect cluster of all time. Um, but but to your point, the stage cautions 100% just manufactured drama. And I think they were trying to alleviate it with this uh, restart zone, and I, th- I think they're going to make it worse.
0: You know what's crazy is the we've had what? the races this year, the road course races this year, that have not had the stage cautions. Everyone after them has been like, that was good. That was a good yeah. race. And then all of a sudden they're like, Nope, we're going back. What the fuck? Why? I know. I
1: makes no it's sense. So stupid.
0: And you know, Chase Elliott, I saw an interview with him today and he said, you know, obviously they didn't like the, the race going green at, at Watkins Glen. Why? Because it played out naturally and the best cars finished up front. Like, who would want yeah. that? Why Why? No, no, right? Why, why no. would we want that when, when we could have Joey Logano steal in
1: a fifth-place finish at Kansas? Like, and There is a there is a section of fan base that didn't like those races because you can't pass on those tracks, and the, the cars are too hard to wreck, et cetera, um, and, and the drivers are too talented now, and, and there's no mechanical issue. So, like, there are people who just think the product sucks at those tracks, but if you look at Jeff Gluck's poll for Indy, And for Glenn, especially Indy, great, great results. Uh, So, you know, the vast majority of people liked it. I know there is a section that, because I know some of them um, personally, that absolutely hated those two races, uh, turned the TV off and didn't watch the rest of the race after a handful of laps. But uh, I thought those races were awesome.
0: I just, we all know why they're doing it, and if you're gonna do it, like just come out and say why you're fucking doing it. That's that's my point. Uh, But but why about
1: to that point though? The bigger issue then become is the cars. Like if you want more passing, if you want more, whatever, uh, we gotta make the cars harder to drive. We gotta make them fall apart more. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) we gotta make them uh, have incidents because these drivers, they're. They're not the drivers of 20, 30 years ago where they made a lot more mistakes. Sure, they still they still make mistakes, but uh, very often the mistakes are because they're all restarting in a big clusterfuck. But um, once they get strung out, these drivers are just not making mistakes. These cars aren't hard to drive. So we need to change the car. And since that's not going to happen, NASCAR's fix, NASCAR's band-aid, is to manufacture drama with, with stage cautions.
0: Yep. Which... It is what it is. We'll, we'll deal with that when we get to it.
1: Uh, Whine about
0: it. Part two for me, just a minor one here. NASCAR tweeted out today, round of 16 after two races and kind of updating each driver. Oh, God. Why no. the fuck they did not put these people in the order that they currently are? Like they put them in the order that they started. And I get what they're trying to do. So they had like the playoffs where they started and then after Darlington and then after and then now. But this is this is the most confusing graphic I've seen and I understand numbers very well and it's it took me a little bit to fucking look at this graphic and be like what the hell are you trying to convey I have a very simple rule in life when it comes to what businesses need to do what marketing effort needs to do needs to do make it as simple as possible make everything as simple as possible because you know what Think of how dumb the average person is. I use this analogy so many times. Think of how dumb the average person is and then realize that half the population are even dumber than that. You can't throw fucking graphics out like this and expect a good response. Now, I will say this thing has 112,000 views right now, but most of it is first comment on there, who the hell created this hot mess of a graphic? There's no rhyme or reason to how anyone's listed. Another one is just like screenshotting parts of it and being like what is this like how do we order a stats graphic alphabetically by current standings no the standings at week one brilliant like god whoever made this like they're either trolling everybody to get this this thing to go viral which congratulations if that was your goal but i can guarantee it wasn't no. um but it, this is all fucking true like oh
1: man what are you the doing? only, Stop the only issue Stop i have making
0: things so complicated
1: the only issue i have with your analogy is is it's not the average person. It's the median person, unless you're assuming a perfectly normal distribution, Uh which I don't think the human population IQ is perfectly normally distributed. So median population, remember that half the population gonna, is dumber okay. than that. I'm <laughs> going to I'm,
0: I'm gonna have to change
1: my, my
0: explanation here. So now I, I'm now just I'm gonna being
1: gonna, an annoying ass though, just because no? I thought it was funny. <laughs>
0: The best part is my girlfriend hates when I bring this up and now it gives me another reason to bring it up and be like, by the it. way, it's not average, yeah, yeah.
1: it's median. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. So, I mean, by and large, in, in really large numbers and in, in distributions that aren't too crazy skewed, average and median for all intents and purposes are the same thing, I'm just being annoying because I can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so you actually don't think that the, the average of the entire U.S. population is Compared to the median for IQ, is the same, relatively the same. With that, large I don't. I don't size. think the
1: distribution is normal. Um, I think okay. there's probably a skew in one direction or the other. I haven't. I haven't looked at it, but I don't think it's perfectly normal now.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: Anyway, before we get off on too much of a
0: tangent, since we tend to do that a lot, wine about <laughs> it presented by Luvabella Winery. Make sure you check them out. Link always in the description. Yeah, link always in the description. You can get them shipped to you. They are supporting Steven Malazzi this week in Bristol, as is Outback Steakhouse. I, I can't. Okay, I haven't been to Outback Steakhouse in so long. We are stopping there on the way down to Bristol tomorrow. Probably stop on the way back. Might stop while we're there. Dude, support yes. support Outback Steakhouse. If you go to the Outback Steakhouse because of that, tweet it, tag Outback, let them know that you're supporting Malazzi this week in that 22 car. Hopefully, he's able to get a good finish, run a good race. I'm excited to get down there for Bristol.
1: And yeah. I had uh, Outback earlier this week. I got the steak and lobster. Yeah. Had some broccoli and some rice with it. A plus. Uh, I love that. Outback. Like,
0: that's always been my favorite steakhouse is, is Outback.
1: Yeah. It was really good like, and big super chain. super happy to, to of course, support Malazi. I wrote a big note on the receipt and was like, your driver's driving in Bristol this, this Thursday. Make sure you put it on at Outback. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with my show and bet what happens live in terms of, like, the timing with the race. I don't think I'll be able to get over to Outback. Uh, but if I could, I'd be like, I'm planting my ass right in the front of the bar, making sure they have the race on because the Outback right. truck is driving. Uh, but also, like you said, it, I think it's at, what, Food City? You're going to be first in line. Uh yep. Bella helped set that up. Lou Wines helped set up that meet yes. and greet with Malazi. So make sure you uh, – if you are in Bristol, go check that out.
0: Yeah food city they have their wines in food city so go in there and and support the supporters of this podcast and the drivers that we support so standings playoffs or no bristol bristol yeah exciting i love bristol anybody that doesn't like bristol doesn't like racing Um, i agree as as we said before we already have. We both have one bet in, Kevin Harvick minus 115 over Martin Truex Jr. at Bet365. Um, if we're betting it this earlier in the week, you know we like it that much. So if it's still available, make sure, and, and you like following our picks, we are definitely on it. So um, there we go. But overall, let's take a look at the odds this week. Kyle Larson, the favorite at Book's. Plus five fifty, the best you can get them at at DraftKings, uh, FanDuel, BetMGM, BetRivers. Byron nine to one, Hamlin plus eight twenty five, Christopher Bell nine to one. I'll tell you who's catching my eye though, and I want to know if you're if you're on this with me. Chase Elliott twelve to one. I bet Rivers.
1: I love Chase Elliott here. Um, I haven't bet it twelve to one. Uh, mainly because I haven't run a model at all for it because it's NFL season, and so Monday I'm doing bad beat luck rankings. Uh, Tuesday I'm doing regular luck rankings. Wednesday I'm doing luck ranking matchups for NFL. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to get to running models here for, for a little while, but I do really want to look at Chase Elliott 12-1. to 1. Uh, Yeah, he's, he's good here. He's been running a lot better. And he's super motivated to, to win, as you saw this past week. Um, ran really well and uh, just, just seems motivated to win. He wants to, he wants to not have a winless season. Uh, I also think Kevin Harvick, of course, doesn't want to have a winless season. Great shot for him to accomplish that. Brad Keselowski doesn't want to have another winless season. Great shot to accomplish that here. So it's going to be a fun race. A lot of drivers who can win this one. Here's, a,
0: here's another interesting matchup. I just noticed uh, Micah Roberts has 3.45 units on it.
1: Chris Buescher over Martin Truex Jr. It's minus 110. I don't know why he took minus 115, but it is minus 110 at Westgate. Michael Roberts, uh, I I think, I don't know, but I believe is in the Nevada, state of Nevada, but uh, this was actually pointed out to me in the Action Network Discord. Um, Buescher minus 110 versus Truex, and I like that just as much as I like Harvick uh, minus 115 versus Truex, so uh, right there with you. I actually was was tweeting, not tweeting. I'm um, talking about it with PJ Walsh. Like, man, if we like, you know, if we like uh, Truex, or, or sorry, Harvick over Truex, I think we got to like Bush over Truex, just because that team's been as good or better recently. And uh, this is a great track for RFK Racing, as we saw last year, uh, and as we saw this year at similar tracks, and now. Um, you know, heading into to Bristol, they're they're as good as they've ever been.
0: And obviously, they won the they won the race last year. Um, yeah, I'm betting that right now.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna check uh, Superbook and make sure it's still minus one ten. But it is. I'll end up betting it uh, if it's minus one ten er, at Superbook. It is for me anyway. In Ohio, Superbook Ohio, but yeah Superbook Ohio um, and Westgate Superbook, um, which is where the original Superbook lines come from. They're 99.9% the same. I think I've found maybe one or two discrepancies this year. But, yeah, I see 110 right now. So um, I'll bet that after the pod I'm not worried about it moving. Um, Westgate takes enough action that they're not going to move it uh, at this point at the night for uh, what I would assume. I'm not talking me, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think there's going to be enough action for them at at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time uh, on a Tuesday night. Uh, to worry about needing to bet it during this podcast. So, uh, but yeah, I, I love Busher over Truex as well. Um,
0: yeah, I I know how this weekend's gonna go because like like I said, I've I've had a pretty good last you know couple months of betting. Um, Truex is gonna win this race. <laughs> like, Truex is gonna win this race. Harvick's probably gonna face. I was this actually
1: game. laughing about that. I was like, he. I was. Literally thinking about before we just started talking about these head to head bets, like Truex is going to win this race. <laughs> yeah.
0: Truex is going to win this race, Harvick second, Busher
1: third, and it's. That's what it was. So it was like, there's a lot of good drivers who need a win or whatever. And I'm like, which means Truex is going to win. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't want to have uh, win no, the season,
1: so Truex is going to grab the win. Right, yeah, I,
0: uh, I'm fully on board with a lot of matchups that you can find with tr- versus Truex and taking the other side. It's he's not good at Bristol, and yes, they are. They've been fast all year, but I'm just I'm not there on them. Like
1: you know what's funny, I don't see a single Joey Logano match uh, at Westgate. So that's frustrating because I love Faden Logano. There's probably some at some books somewhere. I just haven't. Uh, I, have, I am behind the eight ball on NASCAR this week. DraftKings doesn't have any versus Logano. Um, I didn't see FanDuel matchups when I checked earlier today. I didn't see BetMGM. I hadn't even posted race lines um, when I looked earlier today. Sorry, you're looking
0: for Logano versus Truex? or Just Logano versus- matchups in general. So three sixty five has Logano versus Redick.
1: Oh God! I destroy
0: the shit out of Redick on that one. Assuming He's minus prices and minus minus one twenty five.
1: Yeah, I like Redick there.
0: Sorry that. I don't care what you say about bet three sixty five. Their app is garbage. It just froze on me, so I have to reload it here. Um. Let's see. Bubba Wallace versus Ty Gibbs. They got Ty Gibbs at even money. Yeah, they still got Harvick versus Truex. Chastain versus Blaney. Hamlin versus Larson. Busher versus Kyle Busch.
1: That's an interesting one.
0: Elliott versus Byron. Kez versus Bell.
1: I like all those matchups. Like I think they're all pretty fair, except the Truex one, and then probably Logano Right. One. <laughs> yeah, which which is good. I mean, that's the one we want to take advantage of. So, but yeah, I think they're all all the other ones that you mentioned are pretty fair. Um, so besides head to heads, one thing I've really been looking at, and shout outs to Caesars for coming up with some interesting markets. Um, they have qualifying head to heads this week. Mm-hmm. make sure you're you're looking at qualifying versus race head-to-head because they're all under the same umbrella uh, on the app slash website. They also came up with number of Toyotas to finish in the top 10, number of Chevys to finish in the top 10, number of Fords to finish in the top 10, but, but, and you know me, hate betting on qualifying, but, oh. Stuart Haas Racing Oh, had a all four of their cars qualify in the top eleven last year. Thinking about sprinkling uh for qualifier, Ryan Priest. Oh, looks like somebody must have hit him since I looked last. Where the hell is it? I don't even see Priest on here now. Uh He was one fifty to one earlier today for qualifying. He's literally not even offered right now for qualifying. Well, that's an odd one. They literally they just took down Ryan Priest off the qualifying odds. So somebody must have hit it. But uh, I don't see Chase. Brisco- oh, Chase Briscoe's moved down to 20 now. He was 75 earlier today. I was like, yeah, I need to bet that. And uh, Almarol is 22. Who, he was the pole sitter last year. So somebody jumped on those Stuart Haas odds. So, well, forget about that. <laughs> They literally don't even have priests on the board anymore for Caesars uh, for fastest qualifier. And uh, I'm, see- I'm seeing. Oh, there like he is. 40. He's forty to one. Forty one. Yeah, he yeah. was over a hundred to one earlier today. So, <sighs> bummer.
0: Where did you see the? Oh, the number. I, see, I haven't looked at these number of forwards in the top ten. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, all the way down at the bottom there. Huh. I'm not over that under, bummed that I missed un- out though. On these odds, over because under honestly, three and a I, half. for uh, which one? For Fords,
0: with the over at minus one forty and the under at plus one hundred five, I feel like we we rarely get four Fords in the top ten. This
1: year. I agree. Um, although last year Keselowski and and Busher were awesome that, here. Yeah, but which is two was, and Harvick. Yeah, four Fords finished in the top ten.
0: Wait, oh shit! No, I, I had 20, at the twenty-two thing. up. Well, yeah, that was twenty twenty-two last year. There was only three Fords in the top ten last year, and it was, yeah, it was Chris it was B- Busher, Chris Buescher, Cole Custer, and Harvick.
1: Yep. Cold Custard. Final huh. stage results. Yeah, Busher, Custer, Harvick, I, and be- because Harvick stupidly pitted for no reason. Remember. But then 11th yeah. was McDowell. 12th was Keselowski. Well, I don't remember what happened at the end, but Keselowski is one of the best cars that race. Uh, so just kind of weird. Um, Briscoe,
0: who was running top five a lot of the race. Uh, you know what I hate? I don't – I hate Caesar's sportsbook app. Um, this should be my wine about it. But so, like, you probably can't see my phone here. Um, so for number Fords they have – over in the top position and under in the bottom position. Yeah. And then for number of Chevys, under is in the top position and over is in the bottom. Why it's do you do
1: this? To confuse people.
0: It it is. It's it's predatory. For being honest, like they need to go on c- to catch a predator because that Caesar, <laughs> Caesar Caesar Sportsbook has predatory practices. God, I should shut up. Oh man but um but yeah so uh, Larson the favorite you agree with that
1: um yeah I think he's the best here obviously I he said, uh, he didn't have the best race last year and wasn't the fastest car last year but overall he's been I think over career has been the best here
0: yeah uh he's uh plus 550 at, at most books uh bet Fred has met plus 600. So, if you're looking for maybe a little bit more there, if you'd like to bet Larson, uh, Bet365 also has him at 6 to 1.
1: I'm curious about something. Um, Let me pull up my data here. Just found a market that I'm very curious about. Curiosity killed the uh, NASCAR analyst. <laughs> you know what's a great bet? Oh wait, never mind. Fuck that. They don't have a no side. They only have a yes. Race to go to overtime. I want the no because the last time a Bristol race went to overtime was the first race in 2015. Interesting. And they're not offering a no, it makes, of course.
0: It makes sense, though. Because typically, when you get a final restart, they're, they're, they're usually clean. Like, they'll race.
1: Yeah. Huh. Frustrating. I, w- I want a no on that. Give me the no at, like, minus 175.
0: Who's offering? Is it Caesars? Caesars, yeah. Typically, they have the no.
1: They haven't lately. Last few weeks, they've not had a no option.
0: They're the super super boost on uh, Caesars right now is TrueX top five finish plus two
1: seventy. They always <laughs> pick the worst. I I noticed they intentionally pick the worst ones to boost. Um, True, TrueX every has single two... time. I'm like, I don't even like that guy. They they find ones that like nobody likes, and those are the ones they boost. Two top fives in 32 starts at Bristol. Two
0: top fives. He has also led a grand total of 287 laps here in 32 starts, which I'm pretty sure Kyle Busch has led that many in one race here before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he led 415 in 2008. Mm -hmm. God, what a dominating performance.
1: Yeah, no, tricks. 2 and 32. That's 1 in 16, which means plus 1,500. If that was his long-term average, it would be fair odds on that. <laughs> and they're offering it at what? A boosted to plus 2 something? Plus,
0: Yeah, plus 270. Man, give me the joke. no on
1: that. Give me the no. I know, give me the no on that. I'll take the no at minus 3. Minus 350. These books offering these one-way markets is bullshit
0: hate it uh you think we see you know Busher last year was a was an underdog that that came through and won this race you think we have a chance of seeing that again like obviously anything can happen happen at Bristol um I guess who do you think is is most likely to come out with a good chance of of maybe stealing a win here uh you know who has a good record here Eric Jones I was He's been gonna say this Jones this year
1: i would say Jones, Briscoe, and Stenhouse are the three that catch my eye as like potential long shot winners. Uh, do I think any of them will happen? No, but I think all three. Th- this just feels like one of those races where Chase Briscoe just has a great race and somehow potentially steals a win. Um, so I want to find some exposure to Chase Briscoe somehow. It may be just betting him a hundred to one at Caesars. I wanted to get his qualifying seventy five to one, but kind of was like oh, I'll come back to that. You know, I, I got all day or whatever, and then. That number's gone. So
0: I'm very interested to see what Tipico drops Eric Jones's top 10 uh, at because they typically go a little bit longer right now. I think he's plus 270 at Bet 365. Um, Yeah. But five of his 10 starts here have ended in top 10 finishes. Four of his top five or four of his five top 10s have been top five finishes. Um, so definitely someone, and like like we talked about before, he's been very good in this package. Now he struggled here last year in this, in this 43 car, but um, I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in potentially betting Eric Jones as a top 10 this this weekend. I'm interested in Stenhouse
1: uh, always at, at Bristol. Um, love love Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at Bristol. Uh, remember last year, Chris Busher prior to last year led zero laps ever at Bristol. And I bet him 125 to one. I didn't give a shit. They led zero laps because he was 125 to one. It's not like Michael McDowell, 40 to one at Daytona who's led one or two laps ever or whatever. Um, 40 and 125 are pretty big differences. Plus Bristol isn't Daytona. We're not just talking like randomly shuffle things up and, and then the laps led is approximately, you know, what you'd get for race winner. Um, that's not how this happens it's not like a restrictor plate race where anybody can lead a lap at any time so uh i don't look at laps led history as much here i just look at what you're capable of based off of similar tracks uh and of course your bristol history itself but for me similar tracks we haven't even talked about this but what Mm -hmm. really got me on to chris busher last year was his performance at richmond and dover two tracks which change a lot uh Richmond and Dover both change a lot. The groove changes, uh, the preferred groove, and Bristol's another one of those tracks that we'll see changing um, throughout the, the night, throughout the, the day and night. Um, I'm not even talking, you know, something like the 600 doesn't even change as much as, as a Richmond or a, as a uh, Dover might go. And Dover is interesting because once you have a caution or don't have a caution, rubber gets picked up, put back down, etc., Bristol can be kind of like that too. So, uh, plus it's just a style of racing, right? So guys that do well at Dover or at Bristol, either I noticed recently do well at Richmond and Dover, or they're good at steep tracks in general. Your Homesteads, your Darlingtons, your Bristols, your Dovers. Um, so obviously Dover is going to be the number one comp for this track. I'm not a guy who's like, let's lump all short tracks together. I don't think Ryan Priest is going to be bad here but i don't think he's gonna be great here he's he's a flatter short track guy right um so i think i'm not a guy that lumps martinsville with bristol just because they're both half a mile don't do that they're very different driving styles you need to use brakes you need mechanical grip at martinsville bristol you need to roll the corner uh and and have momentum so very different driving styles don't be using martinsville for your bristol analysis so for me Using, and I, I get I'm saying Richmond, which is a shorter, flatter track, but that's more about track changing, keeping up with the track, that kind of thing. There is this talent to that as well. Uh, plus, you know, Richmond is still much more banked than Martinsville, much faster than Martinsville. So for me, Richmond Dover-type drivers and then steep track-type drivers, the drivers I want to be getting on for this race.
0: Here's a guy for you that plus 600 for a top 10 finished 7th here last year and has
1: won this race in Xfinity.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Guy I don't like. AJ Allmendinger.
1: Yeah. You biting on that at plus 600? It's weird because we mentioned that. like We mentioned AJ Allmendinger and he just doesn't seem like a driver that fits... The Richmond Dover, nor does he fit uh, the the steep track driver. So it's just one of those weird ones for me with Almendinger, right? Like he finished, mm-hmm. he did finish 18th at Dover, 27th at Richmond. Uh, he's bad at Richmond just in general. Let's look at his other steep tracks. Darlington, he's done really well at both Darlington races uh, this year, I believe. Um, he finished 13th in the most recent one earliest year, 23rd, but I think he's had some other good Darlington finishes, if I remember correctly. Um, Homestead, last year finished third at Homestead. So yeah, I, I could get behind AJ Allmendinger, 6-1 to one for a top 10.
0: Plus 650 on, on 365, so obviously like that a little bit better. Um, yeah,
1: I haven't run a model or anything, um, but I could get behind that. He seems like, yeah, maybe he is a little bit steep track type style, uh, which, is, which is interesting because I never thought of him that way, but I always remember he had that you know, like he and Austin cindrick spun coming to the finish line in Xfinity, so I can't forget that one. Uh, and with Almondinger, Almondinger taking the win there. Uh, and then I remember his good Darlington finish. So yeah, it kind of looks like I forgot about him finishing third at Homestead last year. So yeah, kind of looks like and he had an eighth with JTG at Homestead. Uh, he's had a ninth at Bristol. He's with with JTG. Um. He has, let's see, I think that's his only top ten with JTG was that one ninth place finish. But, uh, you know, certainly seems like over the years he's developed some, some steep track skills. What about his teammate, Justin Haley?
0: Finished 12th last year.
1: I, I'm much lower on Justin Haley because he's really coming across as lame duck to me. Mm-hmm. They haven't had a good finish in since before the announcement that, you know, he's no longer returning. Now he went to Rick Ware. Best finish of 21st. So I think they're trying stuff. Having, I don't even necessarily think they're telling Haley that they're having him try setups for next year, you know?
0: (laughs) True. Uh, I hate to be on this. Austin Dillon, eight to one. Uh, Twenty or thirty first here last year, but before that, uh looking at his last eight Bristol starts, top fifteens mm-hmm. in six of them.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Plus we know Rowdy's gonna bring some some information mm-hmm. to that team. Very good point. Yes. He finished Gosh, or Austin 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 Dillon.
0: 8th in stage 2 last year. I think he wrecked. He, was, he got DVP for the for the 31st place finish. Let's, so
1: Let's keep in mind, a lot of the guys that do well at Bristol Dirt do well at Bristol Regular as well. They're they're obviously very different, but they're also similar in that it's the same track. It's obviously a different surface. Uh, but we see the Stenhouses. We see the Christopher Bells. We see the Kyle Larsons. We see the Chase Briscoes or uh, Ross Chastain's um, you know Tyler Reddick, all these guys doing well in Bristol Dirt. They also all do really well on Bristol Regular, uh, so there could be some of that as well. And Austin Dillon finished third at Bristol Dirt earlier this year. Yeah,
0: I was. I like it. I'm. I think I'm going to bet it again. I like it a lot. What about a long shot like Corey LaJoy, twenty to one? on Caesar's for a top 10 finish.
1: what's he done here or similar? <laughs> I couldn't tell you.
0: I feel like uh I feel like he had some decent speed at at similar tracks this year I'm pulling it up. Um he was 15th here last year after starting 31st. Um Todd Gillen was, was 18th really, last year. Was he really fast at Maybe I'm wrong. Where was... Where was LaJoy really fast at this year? I could be wrong. Oh, 14th at Dover. He was. He was, He had speed at Dover. That's right. That's right. 20 just stuck out to me as, you know...
1: Interesting. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. Honestly. Um... Yeah, I mean, Busher Keselowski are both really good at Dover, uh, great at Richmond. Both have been great at Homestead recently. Uh, I like those RFK guys this weekend. I really do. You
0: can get Busher right now for a top ten at minus one fifty. You like that? Yes. I feel like I that's gonna that's gonna go after qualifying or practice. That's gonna move a bit.
1: I agree with
0: that. Um, Let's see here. I don't know. I'm in a betting mood today. I don't know why. Like I said, I bet those <laughs> head-to-heads. I, I
1: got some I top tens here. It. It's, I bet a whole lot just... of luck rankings matchups yesterday and today. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, I've got my bets in. I'm feeling, feeling all right. And I think it's I'm because like, Oh god, I haven't even met NASCAR except the one bet this week.
0: So I had a good I had a good Sunday at, at Kansas and then last night, the Monday night game, I had Diggs first touchdown boosted to plus eleven fifty or eleven twenty five or something, and then I live bet the Jets at plus five
1: seventy five. So
0: I had a good Monday too. It was it was awesome.
1: I passed on So I've I've been trying to bet overtime games this year, Uh, games to go to overtime because I found a pretty interesting hedge. I bet three games in week one. None of them went to overtime, but all of them had like legitimate chances to go to overtime late. And then I was like, "Ah, I'll just hold off. on betting a fourth one this week. But the one I was showing value on, um, the only other one that I was showing more than 15% expected long-term ROI was Jets-Bills. And I didn't bet it. And I went in overtime and so now I'm pissed <laughs> that's funny so um, just, our... it's not that I didn't trust them or anything I was just like yeah I'll just wait till next week Right. I bet three and like we have to custom track that right now in the action app and I don't want to give too much work to the team to um, grade that because I have been told I'm allowed to custom track that particular market they're working on a new thing where experts may be able to do some custom tracking so they're testing out with that for me um, and then those guys will grade it uh, but uh yeah, so I didn't want to give him too much work, and and I mean I could have bet it without tracking it anyway, but uh, yeah, just uh, a little annoyed, a little salty about Monday night football, but I am on your Vikings plus seven for Thursday night football. Well, I got Don't a plus seven and a half, but I still like Don't plus do seven. It. Don't do it. It's the number one luck ranking game of the week.
0: Got I'm just bet so, dis- bet I'm just so disappointed team. with
1: and with. There's so much. There's so much going on there. Right? It's, it's obviously not a football analysis podcast, but uh, it was the first bet season. I made this week. First bet I made this week. I'm,
0: I, I'm honestly surprised. My whine about it wasn't DraftKings just absolutely fucking killing NASCAR contests this last week, but we've come uh, but to expect it every there's single. There's nothing.
1: There's nothing new there. Like it happens every yeah. year. My whine about it would be if you whined about it because it. We know it's already it's already one of those things. It just happens every year, and we expect it. Why are we why are we whining about that? If uh, you know, it's just the normal. It's, yeah, it, it's not even the new normal. It's just the same normal.
0: It looks like they cut it even more this week, like significantly. Unless I'm reading this wrong, 200k in the big GPP this week. I forget what it was for sure last week. It was 175 week.
1: Got... last week. So they actually. Oh, was up. it? Yeah. Okay,
0: I thought it, for some reason I thought it was 225. So. I always record that on my in my roto baller, roto baller articles, so I can go back and compare year to year for similar races. Um, but yeah, uh, anybody else you want to talk about? What about a guy like Ty Gibbs? Got any love for him? What about Daniel Suarez? Hundred to one. I feel like
1: uh, Suarez is pretty good here, huh?
0: It's interesting to me that he's a hundred to one outright, but then his top ten odds don't correlate with that at all. Yeah. I yeah, can't believe like a... I can't believe Austin Dillon's eight to one top ten, and so is Carson Hosovar.
1: I, I do like that. I, I don't like the Hosovar one as much as so I like the Austin Dillon one.
0: Uh um, yeah, I just bet I just bet the Austin Dillon one.
1: Yeah, Suarez won Dover in Xfinity. Two third places at Darlington, a win at Homestead and Xfinity, uh, second and a third at Bristol and Xfinity. Back, you know, 15, 16, 17, all that stuff. So, yeah, this is a good tr- – like, the steep tracks are pretty good for um, Mr. Daniel Suarez. Let's see. Early this year, DNF'd Dover, uh, DNF'd Darlington twice. So, he's DNF'd all the steep tracks this year. Um Has been decent at Bristol Dirt in the past. Uh, 10th at Homestead last year. 19th in this race. When he was with JGR, what did he do at Bristol? 15th, 18th, 8th in the second race. And in the first race, 18th, 11th, 8th. Eh. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Eh. Plus, it's Daniel Suarez. Yeah. Uh, I... It's like, it's like Chastain. I
0: refuse to bet. At least pass.
1: Chastain's good. Like, he's not elite, but he's good. Right. Spurs just stinks. I mean, like, you compare the two to each other, it's night and day for two years in a row on the same team. True.
0: Who's your uh, – so last week – your pick to win was Larson. He obviously led the most laps at Kansas. Finished fourth. I had Byron finishing 15th. <laughs> who is your who is your pick to win Bristol this weekend? The Food got City the, uh,
1: Got the old spice, the hot spice on this one. Uh, I want to try on this. It's Porched Peach Chipotle Kickstand Cocktails. Really good. but uh, Got me in the back of the throat there a little bit. Who's my pick to win? Is that the question? Yep. Mr. 69 himself, Brad Keselowski. Going with Kez. Let's I go. I like it.
0: I like it. Uh, you know what I'm going to do here? Because I am on a cold streak. Like I had Larson at Darlington. He got the win. I had Redick at Indy Road Course. He got fourth. But outside of that, five of the last seven races, my winner or my pick to win has not finished better than 15th. So, in an effort to help my bets this weekend, this is not a serious pick for anybody not getting what I'm saying here. Martin Truex Jr. wins Bristol, but if he does win, I get credit for this.
1: <laughs> I, still like my, Truex- uh, I still like my. I still like my. Was it like one percent this guy, ninety nine percent the other guy? Pick that one, one, <laughs> one
0: yeah one eleventh 11th Lugano and true X the rest at Richmond too. yeah
1: yeah something like that yeah
0: yeah I'm going true X I just I, I feel like that's just my luck right now is I'm so against a guy and he's just gonna come out and fucking blast the field so um, give me true X my, my real pick if I was if I wasn't like trying to jinx somebody I think I'd go Kyle Bush this week I just have this feeling that Kyle Bush is gonna win it but Truex is my official pick to win. Maybe I, Kyle, I'm gonna Kyle go one Bush should be really good. I'm gonna go one eleventh Kyle
1: Bush. How about that? I like it. 111th Kyle Bush.
0: But yeah, I think I think Kyle Bush is gonna be really strong and I'm just excited to see how these playoffs go. I, I want to see Truex get eliminated so bad. That would make me so happy. Give me like a, give
1: I would me like that. Truex.
0: Truex getting eliminated, Logano getting eliminated, both in the first round, something like that. Or Chastain, give me Chastain getting eliminated.
1: Oh, I, I want my bets to win. I don't want Truex getting eliminated.
0: I do. Sorry, I'm rooting for
1: Yeah, but you bet him ten to one.
0: I know, but I only put twenty five bucks on it. I don't care if I lose twenty five bucks. If the if it's it's better for the plot if he loses.
1: <laughs> I honestly don't even remember what I have. Let me look at my units on that. I think you had them 16. I have, half, I have half a unit on Truex to win the championship at 14 to 1. 14. So, yeah, so actually, I'm going to go through my preseason bets real quick. I have half a unit on Truex to win 14 to 1, the championship. I have a unit on Blaney to have more wins than Logano. A push is a push. Uh, so, hmm. um, right now, they're tied at one each. I have Truex 1.15, so so minus 115. More end-of-season points than Kyle Busch. So I really need Truex. Uh, Wow. I mean, it's looked great all year up until this. (laughs) Up until uh,
0: he blew a tire at Kansas. That goes uh, that goes off of the final point standings which they
1: reset after each round. So, if yeah, Truex and exactly. and now, he has no chance of catching Kyle Bush. No, that's not true. If Kyle Bush doesn't make the final 4, he gets oh, down there too and gets, anybody can still, still compete to, for fifth. Oh, okay. So, I would just need okay. Kyle Bush to not make the final 4 then and see how their playoff points ends up or their you know their points after the playoffs ends up shaking out. I have one unit at +130 on Daniel Suarez to have zero wins. Feeling good about that lock. Uh, outside of Talladega, yeah. Uh, I don't even I don't think he's winning the Roval, but it's yeah, pretty much seems like a lock outside of Talladega or very outside shot at Roval. Then I have half a unit on William Byron to win the championship. It's sixteen to one. So like, like that honestly all my bets were really good. Uh all my preseason bets were really good. They all should be winning. Um Laney's been better than Logano this year. Obviously he hasn't uh, uh had more wins, but at least in terms of expected wins this year blaney has had more expected wins uh Truex should finish with more points than kyle bush barring that m- flat tire at kansas uh and you know trex and byron to win the championship those prices would be in the two best all season love those and daniel soros zero wins i love that
0: yeah Feeling good about those okay. bets. i like those i i'm really happy as, as far as uh championship bets that I was able to get Larson 7-1 to one before Darlington because that just yeah. immediately as soon as I saw it I'm like yes give me that so happy about that obviously I have that true X but I'm still kind of rooting for him to I'm not going to be mad if he advances but I'm still kind of rooting for it
1: I like it yeah Larson 7-1 to one, uh, right before Darlington was a good call But yeah. I think
0: that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Like I said, next week uh episode might be delayed today. Right now the plan is, the tentative plan is we're gonna get Malazi on and record Wednesday. Uh depending on when we record Wednesday, it might go up Wednesday night, it might go up Thursday. Just depends. But hopefully he can get on. We can talk about his race at Bristol, his story with Outback. and yeah, good luck to him this weekend or this week at at Bristol. The weather looks great, so it doesn't look like you know, the race is going to get postponed. Doesn't look like we're going to have any stupid shit like we did at Martinsville. So hopefully he can...
1: <laughs> Plus, they won't be racing race. in the rain at Bristol. They, they're not going to do the rain tires at Bristol. <laughs> right. Should there be yeah. a magical sprinkle shower thing. Uh, yeah, they're not doing that. So Plus, uh, you know, I mean, technically nobody's locked into the show in trucks unless you're one you know, of the top couple few. Uh, but uh, he's... By running the number 22, he's... It would take the most absolute insane set of catastrophic qualifying events for him to not make it, uh, not be locked in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I'm heading down to Bristol tomorrow. Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to see the track. That's that's two tracks I'm knocking off my, my NASCAR list this year after the only tracks I've been to are uh, Michigan and before this year were Michigan and Kentucky. Yep. And now I'm you know, I've added Martinsville, and I'm adding Bristol. So, excited for that. Hopefully, it's a good race down there. And, yeah.
1: Michigan and Kentucky are two of the ones I've never done. Yeah. I've done I've done almost – not all of them, but not almost all of them, but I've done a vast majority of them. And uh, Michigan and Kentucky are two I have not done. Mm-hmm. I like Kentucky's it, obviously reason, no longer on schedule, but yeah.
0: Right. The reason I I have gone to Michigan is because it's literally – you yeah. take a highway like right out of my town straight up and it yep. brings you right there and yeah. it's so easy to get to and um
1: yeah
0: and i just like the i like the track itself I, I think dude. think it's cool. bristol's
1: awesome you're gonna love bristol i promise you that it, not not that yeah. you didn't i didn't think you wouldn't but awesome a plus experience yeah. i
0: can't wait can't wait to get down there i don't i don't think i've been that part of the country before you signed
1: malazi merch man
0: (laughs) i'll try i don't know how much merch i have i just have uh what do you want me to get you signed
1: just make them sign a a wine bottle or something i don't care oh yeah (laughs) make (laughs) them sign a a program or whatever i don't know
0: buy this buy this uh i'll buy this bottle of purple rain if you sign it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Good luck to everybody with their bets. Hopefully, this episode you learned some stuff. Hopefully, you got some good bets. I'm really confident in these in these head to heads, and and I really like the Austin Dillon top ten. So I'm excited for this weekend's race, I like um, it. and the bets and seeing how this all goes. And Bristol is always a very good race. Hopefully, we get some drama like we did last year, um, and not manufactured drama, but true drama in a real racing fashion. So yep. Good luck, everybody, this week. We'll be back next week for what the hell race is next week.
1: Uh, First round of the next thing, is that Texas? Is it? I don't even remember. We are NASCAR experts.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit.
1: Texas, Roval, and yeah, Texas, Dega, and Roval. Texas, yeah,
0: okay. That's an interesting geographical this is also the last Saturday night race of the season. One of the few Saturday night races of the season. But uh, that
1: actually yeah, that Honestly, I'm glad because with NFL I'd rather these races be on Sunday because uh if the race is Saturday night, then I'm doing all of my everything uh, on Saturday for NFL and NASCAR. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that would yeah. I understand that.
1: And Friday well, yeah. and it's like oh yeah,
0: yeah. After this one, uh, it's Sundays at either two thirty or three thirty. Roval starts at two, but pretty much same schedule
1: here on out. I like it because once I finish so. all my NFL stuff, then I can just hit NASCAR Sunday or Saturday nights. So that'll work for me. Yeah, one
0: week of hell for you, and then then you'll be back to. Normal schedule. Yeah, so. plus
1: all three series are running this weekend, so I got to do my Xfinity, my truck projections on somehow squeeze them in on Thursday. Dude, Thursday oh, yeah. is ridiculous. For they're me, prac- I, don't, they're practicing I don't mean qualifying. it in a bad way. Well, and that, then
0: there's a football game.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's. Uh, well, so I have. Uh, listen to my Thursday. I have Running Hot in the Morning, recording with Stevie. Uh,. Then I have Action Island, uh, which is at 2.15 Pacific, so that's 5.15 Eastern, uh, ends at 6 Eastern, so 3 Pacific, which is like, I believe truck qualifying ends around 5 something. So I'll be doing Action Island for the first half hour, hour after truck qualifying has ended, and then the truck races that night. But also NFL is that night. So I have to prepare trucks in the time I would normally be preparing NFL for my live NFL show. So I'm going to have to figure out when the hell I'm preparing my live NFL show. I do not
0: feel – I'm not jealous of your schedule. That sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah, my gonna be brutal. I will be at Bristol preparing to watch the race during that time. Hence why I will, why I will you, not
1: be at Bristol.
0: I'll send you a picture of myself drinking a beer.
1: Hell yeah. I mean, I'll probably be drinking a beer when uh, I'm prepping NASCAR. Uh, But uh, yeah, just one because I have to do a live show that night.
0: Yeah. All right. It's time to sign off. We'll talk to you guys next week. We'll see see you.